What is up? Welcome back to the eighth episode of the Cajun and Eskimo Show from Bayou's to Igloos on Muddy Waters Media. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian. Here is also your host, the Eskimo Libertarian, Muddy Bayou and Muddy Igloo. How are you tonight, Eskimo, with your chubby cheeks? <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. It's amazing. We made it to episode eight, which can be surprising to some of our viewers. Yeah, right? <laughs> or at least I made it to episode eight, really, is the real, real thing. So um, tonight, Eskimo is going to be talking about representing states that you don't live in, or trying to, anyway. And I am going to be talking a little bit about how to keep our cool in a heated situation next on the Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayou's to Igloos. Yes, indeed. Love the video. Thank you, Matt Wright, for the video. Right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's incredible. Thank you, Matt Wright. Right? Thank you for the video. Freaking incredible. Also, thank you to Cumberland Cannabis Company for providing the best internet online weed offered on Muddy Waters Media Network. Please check them out. They're a local company in Tennessee. Cumberland Cannabis Company. Cumberland Cannabis Company. Cumberland Cannabis Company. Cumberland Cannabis Company. That's about the best I've ever heard anyone do it. I'll take it. That's a W. There was a few flaws there, but I'll take it. Cumberland Cannabis Company, locally owned out of Tennessee. Get the best weed online right there. Viable, ethical, effective. Wow, that was impressive. Thank you. Yeah. A little golf clap. I almost. A little baby shark it. action. <laughs> baby shark. Oh, I am not done with that. I am glad <laughs> we have kids, so we know what it is. Baby shark. Yeah, this is baby shark. <laughs> Someone taught my daughter how to sing Baby Shark, and I didn't do it, but someone else did. So I get to hear it all day long. <laughs> yeah, was that a grandma? All right. Uh, I don't know. Someone did, but she picked up on it. So yay. Usually a grandma, grandpa does that. <laughs> Maybe. But Kenny Johnson. Speaking you know, of baby sharks. <laughs> Speaking of baby sharks, we're not, we're not going to get off into the uh, aquatic world of violence, are we? Because I, I no, no. pledge to stay away from that tonight. No, I was trying to make a segue into our next um, sponsor, but that wasn't a good one. That was no, it was one. a great segue. Baby sharks and violent aquatic animals also. Joe Zalowski, who is not a baby shark, uh, he is actually running for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. So Joe Zalowski should be stuck in your head just as well as the baby shark song. I'll yeah, say it again, Joe Zalowski. Joe Zalowski <laughs> for Pennsylvania governor. He is the voice of the opening intro for Muddy Waters Media, for those of you who don't know. Uh, I will be interviewing Joe Soloski 
I believe this week or next, I got to check the schedule and then I get to meet him in person in Pennsylvania in September, September, September 7th. Oh, that's exciting. Mr. Willowbear events. So excited to meet Joe. Very delightful, intelligent, and uh, very smart, pragmatic individual. Very much looking forward to Joe Solaski meeting him in person, but I'm also winning the governorship of Pennsylvania, which is a very libertarian based state. They are winning there. Do they have problems? Yes. Every state has That's problems. exciting. Yeah. Yes, I believe that Joe will win the next governorship of that state, and I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, that would be really awesome. I don't think we've had a libertarian governor. Not yet. Not yet. Not, so he'd be the one, first. Not one that has ran as a libertarian anyway, but yeah. Uh, not yet. Um, yeah, had an L next to his name. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of folks that are going to be running for huge offices that are running all over the country. I've talked to many of them. You've talked to many of them. And I believe we're going to have the strongest amount of victories and the most numerous amounts of it. Somebody said they still can't hear me. What is going on? You can hear me just fine, huh? Uh, yeah, maybe you could turn it up, but uh, how's that? I know my mic is like right next to my mouth, so <laughs> okay. <How's that? laughs> but I, I heard last election cycle, libertarians won like 56% of the races that they ran in, or something like that, or 58%, 56%. It was one, of, it was something along there, more than half of the uh offices that they ran for, they won which is pretty cool. So hopefully there should be more. But speaking of offices to run for, I uh, wanted to talk about the House of Representatives. <laughs> so, oh, well, it's just me today, guys. Just to ask about, no. <laughs> so. I am I'm trying to make sure that my sound is good. So yes, if you could please co comment while uh, Eskimo is talking about her situation, I can adjust my sound accordingly. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I'm just trying to make sure because I cannot hear myself, which is very problematic for somebody who's a musician and that is used to this platform because of that. I cannot hear myself. So I need your correction in the comments, please. And I will get it adjusted as Melik dives into her very important topic that I can't wait for because we have had a week of battles. That's for sure. So, sorry about that, Eskimo. Go ahead. <laughs> no worries. I mean, it's Muddied Wires Media. We have to have technical difficulties. It's like part of the image. Like, if we don't go with uh, without uh, technical difficulties, then it's kind of weird. <laughs> so, just uh, adopting the culture here, folks. Um, anyways, so I want to talk about the House of Representatives and um, the importance of being represented by someone that is from your area. Um, so before I go into that, uh, I will first talk about how do you become a House of Representative? Like what is the actual requirements? So according to the Constitution in Article 1, Section 2, Clause 2, the exact wording is no person shall be a representative who shall not have attained to the age of 25 years and been seven years a citizen of the United States and who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant of the state in which he shall be chosen. So kind of a double negative there. It's a little, if you're not used to that language, it can be kind of like, what? So you have to be 25 years old, be a U.S. citizen, 
for seven years and you have to inhabit the state in which uh, you're gonna represent when, when you're elected. So once you're elected, all right, you have to live there. And that has to be your primary residence. But as we know, a lot of congressmen have multiple homes and vacation homes and, you know, cause they have that much money and get paid that much. Fancy must be nice. <laughs> so this actually came up in a Supreme Court case um, in Powell versus McCormick in 1969. So pretty much uh, Powell was excluded from the 90th Congress uh, for wrongfully diverting house funds for his own uses and false reports of expenditures of foreign currency, which is a big, big no-no. So he's not being truthful about money and using house funds for his own stuff. I, I believe it was uh, mainly for his wife uh, that he was using those funds, but still for personal use. Um, so in January of 1967, uh, the Speaker of the House, who was John William McCormick at the time, asked Representative Powell to abstain from taking the oath of office. And he also asked them to not be part of any committees and just pretty much was like, all right, take a step back. Um, you're not going to be official yet. And so they launched an investigation on this guy. And they had a series of hearings in March of that same year. And uh, after that, they had a vote as to whether Powell should be able to be part of Congress or not. And they voted 307 to 116 to kick him out. So overwhelming amount. I mean, have you ever heard of Congress agreeing by that much of a landslide on anything recently? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anything. So yeah, no, over probably. 300 congressmen were like, yeah, kick him out. He's not good with money. He's not good at reporting money. He's going to use it for his own personal gain. That's highly corrupt. So Powell actually filed a suit. And the case made its way all the way to the Supreme Court on this, saying that you can't kick me out because, like, according to the Constitution, you can't. So the court ruled that the qualification of members clause, which is article one, of Article 1, um, it's an exclusive list. The, that's the qualifications that you must meet to be a member of the House and uh, pretty much adding any more qualifications after that, um, you can't do. Congress can't add any more qualifications that, than what is on that list there. And again, that list is be 25 years old, be a US citizen for seven years, and you must inhabit the state in which you represent when you're elected. Can't add anything else. So by saying that this guy isn't good with money, that's not on that list. Being good with money isn't a qualification. So he retained his uh, position in the House and he was actually reelected the next cycle, surprisingly. In spite of the corruption <laughs> being obviously freaking exposed, he, he yeah. was absolved from any legal uh, detriment, but they still went and voted for him again. Lovely. Yeah. And yeah. how long ago was this? Uh, this was in 1969 that the Supreme ah. Court case was. So, so we've had this trend for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for sure. So he was reelected the next election cycle. Um, but it is interesting that the Supreme Court was like, well, 
according to the Constitution, you can't add any more restrictions because this is what the rules are. Imagine if the Supreme Court did something like that to, I don't know, the Second Amendment. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> a little bit of a Kermit the Frog sipping tea moment here. Hold on, folks. It's called precept, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we, we should be able to piggyback off of that. Can't add any more to it. Here is the precedent. I said precept. Sorry, I meant precedent. <clears throat> but yeah, that just go ahead. Yeah. Imagine if they did that with the Second Amendment, the Ninth Amendment, the Tenth Amendment, Sixteenth Amendment, you know, gun laws, individual rights, state rights, income tax. I could go on. <laughs> yeah. But so that just kind of gives you a background of what all the requirements are. And it's like the Supreme Court agrees, you know, with this uh, case of Powell versus McCormick in 1969. Those are the only requirements. So um, in 2017, the Washington Post actually published an article and it said at least 5% of House members live outside of their districts, at least 5%. And so how they got that number is they collected the records of 396 congressmen and they checked each member's voting files. And that number could actually be higher than 5%. This is the minimum, at least 5%. So um, that number is a minimum and it could be higher because um, some of the congressmen didn't have a voting record that they could match. Uh, so either their name could be registered under a different name, like their name used to register to vote might not match. So maybe like nicknames or something like that. And also it's hard to tell because uh, birth dates might not match exactly. So some states only use month and year and not the day. So they couldn't officially like pinpoint because they use the birth date as well to be like this guy's name and this guy's birth date but some states use month and year and there might be people with multiple like multiple people with that same name born in the same month and year yeah so you get what i'm trying to say absolutely so at least five percent of congress and keep in mind we have over 400 representatives so I wanted to show just a couple of examples uh, of what I mean by this. So, for example, David Scott, if you want to go ahead and throw up the map for David Scott, he represents Georgia's 13th district, but he lives in the 5th district. So he lives in that little circle there in the light blue area, which is the 5th district, but he represents the 13th district in Georgia. So he lives in the same state, but he doesn't live in the district that he represents. Well, at least he makes it the state. Yeah, but he lives in the same state. And then there's also Tom McClintock. Um, I'm going to totally butcher names here. Tom McClintock. So he represents California's fourth district, that large, dark orange area, but he lives in the seventh district, which is that small, lighter orange, in that circle there is where he lives. And so I 
went through that same article and they had listed many more folks and I had written down them all. I'm not going to go through the entire list. I'm going to totally butcher names if I did, <laughs> but there's like Grace. No, I'm going to skip that one. I can't say your last name, <laughs> but there's the famous. <laughs> yeah. Napolitano. He, okay. So Grace represents California's 32nd district, but she lives in the 38th. And there's, of course, the famous Maxine Waters. She represents California's 43rd district, but she lives in this beautiful, massive mansion in the 37th district. Even though if you look at photos of the district she represents, it's really sad. Um, it it looks like a dump. It the if you look like look at the homeless situation and just the state of affairs in that area, it's it's insulting to see that that is where she represents, but she lives in this beautiful, massive mansion in a different district that is definitely more well off. Very sad. Um, there's also Mimi Walters. She represents California's 45th district, but she lives in the 48th. Uh, Juan Vargas uh, represents California's 51st district, but lives in the 53rd. Uh, John Delaney represents Maryland's 6th district, but lives in the 8th. Uh, John Conyers uh, represents Michigan's 13th district, lives in the 14th. Uh, I should add, by the way, while going through these names, it's a mixture of Democrats and Republicans. So it's not like all these Democrats are doing it or only all these Republicans are doing it. It's a mixture of both. Um, Jason Lewis represents Minnesota's second district, but lives in fourth. Uh, George Holding represents North Carolina's second district, lives in fourth. Uh, Nydia Velezquez uh, represents New York's 7th district, but she lives in the 10th district. Will Hurd represents Texas's 23rd district, lives in 20th. Uh, I said I wasn't going to go through the whole list, but I, I'm just going to go through the whole list anyways. Yeah, no, totally <laughs> uh, Lloyd Doggett represents Texas's 35th district, but lives in the 25th. Uh, there is Donald uh, McEachin, who represents Virginia's 4th district, but lives in the 7th. Uh, Pramila Jayapal uh, represents Washington's 7th district, but lives in the 9th. Uh, Ken Buck represents Colorado's 4th district, lives in the 2nd. Clay Higgins represents Louisiana's 3rd district, lives in the 5th. So I thought, Cajun, you might be interested in the one that is from Louisiana. Um, I don't know yeah, where the third district is. There's a couple of Louisiana products in this um, scenario that we're referencing. And yes, I will be diving off into them. Sure. <laughs> Sounds Real good. Quick, uh, you have, uh, I want to go back to one that's a little lighthearted. Elizabeth says, uh, I hate that I miss this live because I work every Friday night. Shh, don't tell my boss. Thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, Jennifer, sa good. <laughs> Jennifer says that's BS and it is not abbreviated. It's hard to represent <laughs> people if you have no idea what those people are dealing with. That is exactly why we're talking about it. And, I will and to Elizabeth's point, 
Um, liberty is always productive. You can tell your boss that, that I said that. <laughs> Blame it on Eskimo. That's what I do. <laughs> so when I looked at the map for all of these um, individuals, the district that they live in is neighboring the district that they are representing. So they are in the same state and close to the district that they represent, but not in the district. And uh, for example, like Maxine Waters situation, the district she lives in is vastly different than the district that she represents. And so the decisions that they make and the people they represent will be affected by their decisions, but the, they themselves aren't necessarily affected. That makes sense. So you're representing someone, well, I guess at the US level you are. What I'm trying to say is you are representing people that you don't live around, that you aren't among. And so at least they live in the same state though and are close to it. Moving yeah, along. Compromise. That's at least a compromise, right? But no, yeah, it's so not. it's legal. You <laughs> You should okay. So here, um, I've got a a pastor that I did the worship for in his church for a while, and he is an alderman of Byram. Fun fact: he's also a multiple felon, but he was still able to overcome things post charges. Got his life together. Pastors a church now is an alderman of Byram and owns firearms. But anyway, he has to live in the district that he is running for that is a thing here that is not out of the ordinary what we're talking about is out of the ordinary yes we've named a lot of people here but those are the exceptions to the rule and not the rule most places you have to live in the district district that you represent and for valid freaking reasons yes this is all legal under the constitution as and has been reinforced by uh the court case that I had mentioned, uh, Powell versus McCormick. So now there actually are reps though that don't even live in the same state. And so I'll kind of deep dive into a couple of examples. So on paper, these individuals' primary residency is in the state that they wanna represent or that they are representing, but they don't spend their time there. So, for example, there's Jack Bergman. So represents Michigan's first district, which is up in the UP. Um, and he actually lives in St. Francis, Louisiana, and he has for the last 10 years. Um, however, he inherited two properties in Watersmeet, Michigan. Sorry. Um, and those are the properties that he's been using. So the first one, uh, he used in 2016 and in 2018, and it's a metal storage building. And that's what he said was his primary residence. So it's a metal storage building. It does have electricity, but it doesn't have any rooms or a septic field. And he uses it to actually store trailers and boats. So he can't really live there. He definitely doesn't live there. He just uses it as a storage area. And then in 2020, he listed the other residents um, as his primary. However, that residence isn't even accessible during the winter. In fact, it's closed after Labor Day and reopens after the snow 
uh, on the entrance to the road uh, melts. And if you have been in the UP or have lived in the UP, there's a lot of lake effect snow. So it can take a while for the road to clear. Um, but once the snow has melted away, then you can access this residence that he's talking about. So most of the year, you can't even get to it. <laughs> so, so in where, uh go ahead where does he actually live so he actually lives in saint francis or saint francisville in uh, louisiana That's and right. so they know this because he doesn't have a mailbox at either location that i had mentioned in uh watersmeet his mail is forwarded to an address in saint francisville louisiana which is where my dad and stepmother got married when I was nine years old, by the way. St. Francisville oh. is beautiful. But if you live in St. Francisville, get the out of Michigan and their politics. <laughs> so Ooh. for those that don't know, where is St. Francisville in terms of like either Baton Rouge or New Orleans? Because I feel like most people know where those places are. Uh, it's uh, more north than Baton Rouge. Okay. But less north than Alexandria. That's going to be kind of landmarks. And those, you're talking about hours of distance in between there. But if you don't know, most people aren't going to know Louisiana. St. Francisville, for most people around the world, is going to be uh, much closer to Baton Rouge than any other landmark. Perfect. Okay. So going back to this, in January 21st, 2020, uh, Michigan changed the residency laws. So the residence must be livable and a place where a family actually lives full time year round. So uh, even though that the Constitution says that you have to meet certain requirements uh, in terms of how you can run for a House of Representatives, each state has different laws when it comes to what is defined as residency. So that's where you get, like, you can be a representative in a certain state because it's easier to get residency and then follow along the Constitution and you're legally able to run as representative. This is where there's that difference in terms of if you can run or not in a state. So Michigan changed their residency laws. Um, and like I said, must be livable and a place where a family actually lives full time year round. And in March, uh, Gogebic County clerk stated that neither of the properties that uh, this gentleman owns can be used to run for office and it can't be used um, in order to vote for office at any level in Michigan's first district. Neither of these places qualify. So nothing's really been done yet. He said, I mean, it's already been shown that it's illegal to be doing this, but nothing's been done. So I think something that actually kind of led to this is uh, party loyalty could be the reason. In the area, if you look at the history of it, since 2010, the area has been mainly Republican, like significantly so. And this individual is a Republican. So that party loyalty may have been what why people voted for him and he didn't run up against any other republicans in the primaries he was the only one in the primaries um however there were two democrats that were in the primaries and the democrats have lost 
each election since 2010. And uh, as a side note, we actually had a libertarian candidate in that run, um, Ben Boren. He ran that election, this last election for a representative. So shout out to Ben Boren. <laughs> so it ended up that 256,000 people voted for this individual, uh, for Mr. Bergman. Um, but over 300,000 people didn't vote for him. They either voted for someone else or they didn't vote at all. So it's not like he got a majority of all the votes. Like he did of the ones that did vote, but there's also many people that didn't vote at all. So is that accurate representation? Uh, that's par for the course. Is it accurate representation? Mathematically, no. Is it the standard for voter turnout? Yes. Yeah, which they actually had a higher tur uh, turnout than uh, most other areas when it comes to voter turnout. So it may be yeah. because that it was also a presidential election going on during that same time. If it was like an off year where it wasn't a presidential election, right. they probably have. It, they actually did. It shows on the chart they have far less people turning up to vote. Right. So Are, that's am, why there's I, so many more votes. Am I still having audio issues? Or can you hear no. me better? I can, oh. I've been able to hear you just fine. All right. I hadn't had any complaints. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Just want to make sure. Yeah. No worries. I mean, we always have technical difficulties here at Muddied Waters Media. This is the way. Jennifer says, <laughs> Eskimo, your hair looks really pretty tonight. Oh. Thanks. Now I'm bashful. Roy says, <laughs> Roy says uh, so can I not run as a homeless person? And that to me seems a very valid question. There are clauses when it comes to individuals that are homeless. I don't know specifically for each state how that works. You'd have to check with your state. Yep. Check with your state. Check with your state. Yeah, that would be interesting. That does bring up a good point. I don't know the legalities when it comes to individuals that are homeless. Everybody says no sounds good. Uh, thank you for that confirmation, Kenny Johnson. I will also not be referencing you and bootleg libertarians exchange. We'll leave the ducks alone. Please and thank you. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that because I might have uh, messed Nalik up for the rest of the night. <laughs> no. It's okay. I can handle it. I'm a big oh, girl. We all, we all know you can. You definitely were not the issue. <laughs> there weren't any issues. Everybody thought it was hilarious. We had a bunch of fun. Sometimes you need a night off. And so, um, but tonight we are not having a night off because. We've had a very serious uh, interaction exchange with some people that led you down this rabbit hole. And I think it's very important that we talk about, you were talking about, is that accurate representation? Well, I personally don't believe it's accurate representation if you don't live in the community that you're trying to represent. That's me personally. Not everybody's going to agree with that. I think you can look at politics from a, a hypothetical point, a paper standpoint and be like, yeah, okay, that works on paper, but that's not how this stuff translates in real life. 
you need to live in the community that you're going to represent. And, and for a long time, I'm not saying that you have to be born in that area, but good God, man, you got to be there for a while. You got to understand the problems of that local, those local communities. We're not talking about somebody that's running for president. We're talking to people that are representing districts of states. You, you got to know the people. You got to know the people. This is, this is not right. Sorry. Small rant. Welcome to a TED talk. It's over. No, it's it's definitely true. I mean, this person I just talked about, Mr. Bergman, he's representing a district that's in the UP of Michigan, but he lives at the very far bottom. I mean, not South yeah. Louisiana, but significantly more South than the UP. So yeah. there's a very large difference in distance there. And keeping in contact with individuals from the area that like a handful of individuals from the area that you are representing doesn't count as living in the area and being immersed in the area that you are representing. So even though that is a very long distance between where he lives and where he's representing, I am also going to talk about another individual that is running for office that's even a further distance <laughs> than that, even though that mm. sounds like a much larger distance. This uh, instance is actually a significantly larger distance. So um, before I go into it, so Alaska actually has one representative for our entire state because we have such a itty bitty population, even though we have a big, massive land mass and we're bigger than all the other states. We actually have a very small population. So we only get one representative and um, we've had Don Young forever, literally forever. Like, I think he's been in politics longer than Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's been in there for 120 years, according to his tweet or whatever. <laughs> he's mixed up with some fossil fuels there. <laughs> but, yeah, so we've had Don Young, who is a Republican uh, representative, literally forever. And uh, so I was kind of going through... Uh, the Alaska Division of Elections, seeing who was going to run in the next election for senator and for U.S. representative, uh, because I like to be an informed voter. And even though the election isn't until next year in November, um, I was just curious. So looking at the Alaska Division of Elections page, it showed that there was an individual who was running for U.S. representative up against Don Young, um, who lives in Killeen, Texas. That was the address that was filed with the Alaska Division of Elections. So since this is an official government page and this is like what he officially have filed under, it would be safe to assume that that is where he lives. So I had made a meme about it saying that, oh, well, it was a scene from uh, Mean Girls, like he doesn't even go here, <laughs> which is kind of like silly, but like, yeah, he doesn't live here. In fact, he actually, he grew up in Illinois and then joined the military, and at some point during his military experience, he was stationed in J-Bear. Uh, for those that don't know, J-Bear is joint-based Elmendorf-Richardson, and it's an Army base and an Air Force base combined. So joint-based Elmendorf-Richardson, we call it J-Bear. Um, but he was stationed there from 2012 to 2015, and that is the full extent of when he was living up here in Alaska. 
And then he was moved and stationed in another place. And he's since retired and is living in Killeen, Texas. And that's where he is retired to. But he kept his residency and continued to vote in Alaskan elections since 2012. Um, in fact, his voter registration card says that his primary residence is in Alaska, but he currently lives in Killeen, Texas. Even though he hasn't been living here, he kept the residency. He's just been off and away uh, doing who knows what. <laughs> so there's actually been a lot of folks that have been stationed in Alaska and then they keep their residency. Um, a lot of them do it so that they can keep collecting the PFD. Uh, I don't know, some people do it because you get great hunting rights being a resident what, as opposed to being a non-resident. So what was your question? What's the acronym PFD stand for? Oh, uh, PFD is the Permanent Fund Dividend. Um, I did uh, an episode, this was a while back, going over what exactly that is, but essentially um, there's this thing called the Permanent Fund Dividend. And uh, the Ala Alaskan folks kind of sold their, like to put it into a very basic one minute description, Alaskan folks sold their rights to um, getting minerals in their backyard pretty much or in the state. And so you actually have to pay a tax to the state if you want to go and collect minerals. That does include oil. So um, people from out of state or in the state pay the tax to, um, to the state. And uh, they can either pan for gold, there's mining, and then there's also oil. And so all that money is collected. And then there's like this fund that is also invested into other places. So most of the money isn't actually coming from minerals now. It's kind of coming from stocks. And it, that, it's a whole complicated mess. I am not a finance person or I don't really know much about investing in stocks, but that's where a lot of money is. And then that money is supposed to be redistributed to the people like me. <laughs> and so that's actually been a huge issue here in Alaska because uh, the PFD is supposed to be like a few thousand dollars according to people's estimates, but we're getting like 500 bucks. And that's because the state is actually sticking their little sticky fingers into the cookie jar and taking from that fund more than they should be. Even though it's like legal, um, there isn't anything necessarily protecting the cookie jar. Uh, it's still highly immoral, which is the point of this whole episode is even though something is legal, exactly. doesn't mean it's moral. So morality and legality, they're not the same. Um, and I think candidates are very aware of this because when you point out to individuals that are either running for office or have obtained an office uh, that they don't live in the place that they are representing, they tend to get very defensive about it. So, uh, oh, there was another person I was going to put on the list too. It's not just representatives. Um, it was brought to me that there is, uh, the mayor of Kingsford, Tennessee actually lives in Knoxville. There's plenty of uh, examples when you go further down in representation from mayors and state representatives and uh, state senators and whatnot, uh, people in office in general that don't live in their primary, primary address. 
which I think is a very big problem. As a concerned voter, I'm concerned about that. I don't like knowing, or I don't like hearing that a candidate doesn't live in the area they want to run for. Turns off a lot of voters very quickly, and for good reason. So um, I also wanted to point out there was an uh, there was an incident in Boston that most of us libertarians know about that involves tea and taxes and a party. <laughs> but if you think about it, Boston is technically 3,275 miles away from London. And there's people in London that were representing them. And they were quite upset about that. And as a side note, I'm about that far away from Killeen, Texas. Like really close to that number, actually. Definitely over 3,000 miles away from Texas. Killeen, Texas. <laughs> side note. But that's kind of what this nation was founded upon, is not being accurately represented. I'd say Roy Martin brings up a good point to kind of round it out. You can't legislate morality. And so at the end of the day, because you've laid out so many examples of this scenario, it's obviously not illegal. It obviously is immoral and it is uh, lacking in knowledge and integrity on the voters part in my opinion i think what we have here is actual precedents that were set by voters and you've got people like this randy guy randy perham randy perham i don't i don't know he's irrelevant he's a nobody um you got people like this randy guy and in all of the names that you've listed they're seeing the precedent set right they're looking back and saying oh look this was a legal loophole, and the voters still voted for them. So that's where we really need to nip this in the bud, because if we can convince people to not vote for folks that don't live in their area, then this will no longer become a precedent. You won't have Maxine freaking what? Oh, my God. She's got to be like top five of the worst living in a whatever million dollar mansion she has while overlording people that are homeless and struggling and, and just lucky to even be alive at this point. So what we have to do is it, what you're doing perfectly and beautifully here is laying out constructs and highlighting the examples of what not to do as informed voters. It's obviously pretty clear that you and your state you know, y'all y'all aren't quite doing that. I don't think if you know of there's a history. I know you told me personally and us on Clubhouse there's a history of people trying to do it in Alaska, but has anybody succeeded? No. That you know. Uh, yeah, I believe back in 2018 there was actually this one individual that I could actually do a whole episode on her. Um, I'm trying to remember her name, but pretty much she ran here. She had never been to Alaska. Not once. And she never intended on visiting Alaska during the whole campaign. Uh, but she would move up there if she was elected. And at the time, she was living on the East Coast uh, in the New England area. Uh, when people did a deep dive on her, they found out that she'd actually been in multiple elections 
for either Republican or Democrat, switching between the two in uh, different states. And her son does the same thing. And that's how they made money. <laughs> like, they made money by running as candidates to either split the vote or whatever their intention was in multiple different states. So people do that for a living. And I believe that it's highly immoral and just disrespectful to the voters. Like we're trying to make our society a better place, but you want to play these games. And again, this isn't illegal, but it's highly immoral. And it is my right to criticize and shame folks that like, this is not what you should be doing. And that is the point of all this. Like you shouldn't be doing this. Facts. No, they shouldn't be, but they are. So with somebody with your type of platform, it's important that you highlight these scenarios because not everybody's going to be in depth and knowledgeable about these current situations specifically for Alaska than you are. And so when you have the following that you do, granted that probably more of us in the lower 48, that just you probably have every Alaskan as a follower that would make up about, I don't know, six followers or so. So you probably got oh them all, gosh. but the other 17,000 probably live in the lower 48. It's important that people like you get this content out there because at the end of the day, in our system, as corrupt and inept as it may be at this point in time, you still can go to the voter booth and say, no, that may be your only option. It may just be no. But that's a strong no, and that's a loud no for people like Randy, whatever his last name is, because nobody cares who has heard of him until we put him on blast, and then he will slip right back off into irrelevance now that he has been slammed and put on blast by yours truly, the Eskimo Libertarian. And you were very professional and nice to the whole situation. I was in there with the comment section. A lot of us were. This guy's a total douchebag. He's completely out of his element. He has no business running. Okay, if his address literally says Colleen, Texas, and he lives there every day, he's outside in his Spider-Man Captain America boxer briefs. Or he probably does. He's not cool enough to wear boxer briefs. He's probably outside in his yard wearing whitey tighties that he probably, you know, permanent marked the very poorly a Spider-Man logo on. Seems like a Spider-Man fan. I'm a Spider-Man fan. He's probably a Captain American fan. I'm not a Captain American fan. But if he's outside his front yard in his whitey tidies, uh, watering his very poorly grown flower beds in Colleen, Texas, don't even vote for him there. This is bad. People like this with this horrible character have the audacity to run for a different area of the United States. And Alaska is not even a part of the United States. They're just lucky to have the same name brand as us. They're way off in the nowhere. You're like more in like a, shouldn't you be like a, a Russian state? Don't you speak what? Russian? You're like right now. You can see Russia from your backyard is what I've heard. Oh my God. I know you hate that joke. I had to go there. I'm sorry. <laughs> you hate that joke. I heard you it just... once on Clubhouse. <laughs> Information retention, baby. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. I think you hate being my co-host. <laughs> You're the only reason that I'm still on Muddy Waters Media. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> oh boy. Well, anyways, I wanted to go back. Oh, oh dear. I wanted to go back. So to clarify the individual you were talking about that ran but doesn't live here, um, the Carol Hafner. Uh, so her name's Carol Hafner and she ran in 2018. Um, so she had listed a South Dakota address with the Alaska Division of Elections, but she was living in New Jersey and she has a history of running as Republican or Democrat. Uh, if you look her up, Carol Hafner, I didn't, oh, I should have saved a picture and so we could put her up on the screen and be like, hey, <laughs> this is her. But um, she has run for many different elections. Her son has run for many different elections and uh, yeah. Never right. lived here, never even been here, never even visited. <laughs> That's amazing to me. You know, it's just, it shows you the, the legal loopholes that are being exploited by bad human beings. But if you're a voter in your district, stop voting for people that don't live in your district. They cannot possibly care about you the way that you think that they do if they won't even effing live with you. Tell them to hashtag kick rocks because that's what they should do is kick rocks. That's your power. We still, as much as it may not seem like it at times, and I'm not a huge voter, huge believer in this system that we have, it still is ringing true in most places most of the time. Oh yeah, God, and I what what is he? No, I don't no, even go go. No, go. go. Okay, yes. so um, I have looked up this individual's platform too, and I still don't think it's good for Alaska. He doesn't live in Alaska. No. Um, I'm very concerned. That's why I posted about it and simply said that he doesn't live here, which is my legal right to do so. And um, that's all it's been really. It's just, he doesn't live here. Um, I haven't even really touched on his views. I don't agree with his views. And uh, being an advocate for individuals that are running up here, like saying whether I think they're good or bad on my platform, that's just what I do. That's what I've always done. Um, that's kind of what started my page actually is the presidential election saying like, I would rather vote for Joe Jorgensen than any of the other candidates that were on the ballots. So to, for someone to be outraged that I am an advocate and people are seeing what I am posting, I don't know what to say other than people that are running for office should know that these issues are gonna be brought up and you should have an answer ready. You should be prepared. This is a very simple fact that could have been addressed and um, people know it was going to be addressed. So to be unprepared like this shows, well, one, you're not prepared for Congress. And two, the way that the reaction has been going, you're also not prepared for Congress if this is what's going to get you heated and making false accusations of saying that uh, I'm breaking any sort of laws and not being able to read the room too and blowing, up, blowing smoke up your followers' ass, really, about the situation. All four of them. None of, none of that puts any confidence in people that they should vote for you. This was a great opportunity. And this may have been 
I don't know, he may be an excellent human being to some people, but based off of these experiences and what everyone can see, they can make their own decision, but I've already made mine. Yeah, that will work all day. <laughs> it's a good mic drop. Uh, we tried to, we, we were a little late on promos and whatnot. So please, if you can, give us an anchor.fm slash Cajun Libertarian call in. Yes, we have still failed to garner our own call in anchor line. That is probably my fault. I like triple worked this week and the month is not shaping up to be any better. So I've got to try to take care of that this weekend. But please give us a call. Anchor.fm Cajun and Eskimo show. It's actually just as a Cajun libertarian. I feel like it, a butthole because like everything's Cajun first. Cajun then by you. And the anchor call in is just Cajun. We're working on it. It's muddy waters, y'all. Like this is how it goes over here. So it may say Cajun on paper, but everyone knows who uh, does the heavy lifting around here. Yeah. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably true. So about that heavy lifting, how uh, how many weights did you lift today? Oh, I haven't lifted. Oh, internet connection's bad. She must be losing her heavy lifting down there, double middle fingering me in the gulag. Oh, internet must pop back up. So sorry. I don't know what happened. You're awful. <laughs> I know what will happen at some point in my life. Goat yoga. I don't know why, but that's hilarious to me. And it's a real thing. You can ask Brian Scott Lambert, who also is Scott uh, Spike Cohen's number one man, who also co-founded the network of Muddied Waters Media. So now you've got a direct link from goat yoga to Muddied Waters Media. Everybody says... Spike is a co-owner, not a co-founder. Co-owner, co-founder, co-owner. Co-owner. Co-owner sounds worse in regards to goat yoga. So thank you for clearing that up. Spike Cohen ran for vice president in 2020 for the Libertarian Party, third largest political party on earth. Has direct He actually lives in the U.S. <laughs> to goat yoga. Actually lives in the United States. Doesn't run for a party or for a place on the globe that inhabits the earth that he doesn't exist in. Kind of like running for Alaska when you live in Texas. It's kind of a douchebag thing to do. What's not douchebag is donating to Eskimo Libertarian. Please do that. Because as we have seen before, and I'm sure we'll see again, oh, yep, that just happened. Her whiffy sucks. And so she gets habitually kicked off the show. That was me. There she is, because I have the gulag power. But I am also being very friendly and saying, donate to Eskimo. She will have a You're website. Being friendly. <laughs> <laughs> she will have a website up very soon, EskimoLibertarian.com. If it's not up yet, as soon as it is up, we will absolutely put that on the screen. So for now, PayPal, Eskimo Libertarian. Get her some suit, get her some new wifi so that she doesn't have to sit in the gulag. With the double middle fingers and oh you're right you you're so wholesome you didn't do that i am way too wholesome way too wholesome. this is libel i'm gonna sue your ass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? we're just suing everything oh joseph Adams says goat yogurt that doesn't sound better 
Actually, that's that's I would idea. try it. I'd I try would it. try it. Yeah, I mean, I've eaten squirrel eyeballs. So I'm okay to try some goat yogurt. But goat yoga is just funnier to me. So I habitually put it up because that was coming from, straight from Brian Scott Lambert's mouth, who is Muddy Waters Media staff. From we have yoga. caribou yoga. Really? Yeah. There's caribou yoga up here. Can you give us an example? <laughs> it's just like what goat yoga, yoga, but you're among you're among the caribou. Well, technically it's reindeer because they're domesticated. That's the difference between reindeer and caribou. Reindeer is domesticated, caribou is not. Reindeer are domesticated? Yes. Like Santa domesticated. Claus is yeah. Yeah. Okay, domesticated. Yeah. <laughs> close. Do you know who is not domesticated? Oh God, who isn't domesticated? This guy. Uh, oh gosh. It's clearly not domesticated. Nor should that free mermail be same dude. Let the mermail live free. Let the Jack Casey live and prosper amongst the wild as he writes terrible books about I still don't know what. He keeps referencing swords in his rollgreen.com series. I'm concerned it's not swords and it, it's something sexual. But oh. I really, Jack, please, I hope it's swords, man. And some sort of science fiction. I don't know. This looks like science fiction, and I'm here for it. Jack Casey, it's hairless chest and pretty ac accurately placed nipples. Pretty surprised by that. You don't always get that, right? Sometimes they're all over the place. Royalgreen.com. <laughs> Buy Jack Casey's book. I have it. I don't read it. Not going to read it, but you should buy it and not read it, but just buy it. It is really pretty cover, though. Matt Wright keeps saying it's something sexual. I don't know. Oh, there's like something sexual on the second look of the graphic. I can't tell. Well, you should definitely send me that copy because I'll read it. I'll be the only member of Muddy Waters to read your book, Jack Casey. I haven't Damn, read it yet, though. Bad. <laughs> Did you even buy the book? I'm poor. <laughs> PayPal me, folks. <laughs> there you go. PayPal Eskimo Libertarian. That way she can also buy Jack Casey's book and now read it. You only need like $17. It's like 17,000 pages long. I don't know how the money translate. He's obviously losing money on this scenario because he keeps paying us to talk about how bad his books are. And yet he wrote like a 17,000 page book and it's next to nothing on the internet. So just get it. At the very least, if you have toddlers like me and Nullick, they can stand on it. Well, Nullick's got one girl. She'll have more soon. Uh, I've got a boy and it helps him to aim directly right into the toilet because he's higher up because of Jack. Casey's 17,000 page book that I'm never going to read. Disregard nice the it's actually, point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just the aerodynamics and the aerial perspective just right in the hole. Mm, that sounded bad. Especially after the ducks. That's all right. Oh my God. I used to igloos, people. Mighty <laughs> so we're, we're wrapping up here. I want to talk a little bit about what happened this week. 
Oh, wait, no. Before we get into that, let me... No, we're going to go ahead and do it because that's the order that Nullick puts it in because she actually produces this show now, which is weird. It's like a hybrid production. She does a bunch of the notes. I do all of the computer work, which is really dumb because I'm horrible at this, if you couldn't tell by now. But anyway, yeah, she puts in, she does lift all the weights for this show. There's no doubt about it. I get on here and just lose my mind sometimes and just have fun. <laughs> by the way, if you hadn't seen my shirt. I just noticed that. Nice. Young Padawan. This was handed to me directly from Spike Cohen on stage in Tunica. Young Padawan. Definitely do not deserve that title, but thank you, Spike, as Nullick flexes her hoodie because she still has not yet bought any muddy water spare for It's not a hoodie, it's a cuspak. It's which is August. a summer parka. I'm sweating in t-shirts, shorts, and flip-flops with the AC on 70. No, 68. What's going on in Alaska? You guys got problems. Global, it's been a cool summer. Mm -hmm. It's been a cool summer here, too. Global cooling is an issue. Climate weather <laughs> that changes quite frequently that has happened for a minimum, bare minimum of 6,000 years probably has an effect because that's just something nature does. Ah, so anyway, something that happened earlier this week specifically yesterday i was on somebody's show and walking into it understood that there may be some some issues and i think it's very important that when we walk into scenarios like this especially if you know that somebody probably will try to to, to start a fight with you for me personally, I'm not trying to preach to anybody. This is how I handled it. You can go watch, You can go back and watch the show. Everybody knows about it. Uh, the, the thing that I kept at my forefront was no matter what, don't let anybody else dictate my emotional response to any situation. And then, of course, we're not always going to win that battle. We're not. I lose that battle every week, every day. I've lost that battle on many shows. That, you know, that is part of growing up and that's part of maturing and living. But it's important when we get into these conversations, especially when it's of such substantive value as liberty and as your per your your personal freedom, that if you know somebody's going to try to pull you into an emotional state that you don't want to be, that you dictate that conversation. That you dictate your emotions. Everybody hates the word dictate, especially as libertarians. It comes with a negative connotation, but it's not meant to be. It just means total control. I have total control over my responses and my emotional state through the exchange. And again, you're not always going to win that battle. I'm definitely not going to always win that battle. But this is an important topic because when we're trying to reach people outside of this echo chamber that is libertarianism, that is independence from the state, that is self-governance. One thing that we got to make sure is that we are, and I'm going to circle back Saki here, we're setting precedents that we can return to and visit later. Okay. So when I look back on a certain scenario yesterday and Yes, I'm going to say, man, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. 
but the most important thing I can take away from my exchange there is that I didn't allow the conversation to become something that I didn't want it to be. Mainly, I didn't allow it to control me. I controlled the situation. I controlled it emotionally, physically, and cognitively. This is important because a lot of people don't understand that we have this ability to do. And this all ties into messaging. This all ties into how many people are going to watch that show and see that there was a probable chance that people were trying to get me to be emotionally engaged in something that I refused to become emotionally engaged with, even though I'm very emotional about. So when they see that, they see it as very mature. They see it as, wow, how can you stay so level-headed? And that's just by being intentional. There's a lot of things in this life that we have to be intentional about. That's, that's a huge list. This is one of those things. And this, I had the fortunate advantage of knowing what I was walking into and being able to say, you know, I'm going to keep this thing right at the top of my brain. And that's, I'm not going to allow myself to get emotionally engaged in this. I'm going to stick to my points. I'm going to listen and I'm going to respond with the information that I know and can communicate and articulate very clearly and very confidently and very soundly. And I'm not going anywhere outside of that realm. Why? Because there's a lot of people that are going to watch that scenario and my reactions to it, whether if you know people are watching or not, my reactions to it, I feel like, and as I've been told, are very solid. And I want that to bleed out. I want all the people to see that you have control over your emotions, over your f- mental, physical responses to any given scenario at any given time. I've said it a bunch of times already. I hate to beat the dead horse. Yes, we're going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to probably fail tonight. Right when we get off of here, I'm probably going to fail. I'm definitely going to fail tomorrow. But I know what I need to do because I've set a precedent in my mind of what I find value in in the things that I can do to make sure that our message and my reputation, but more importantly, our message was kept intact or even amplified to a higher level because it didn't succumb to clickbait or you know, uh, an intentional kind of trashing of my intellect or, or, you know, I'm not trying to go into any details or that's not the point because I want to make sure that I'm maintaining the same atmosphere that I did yesterday. We don't need toxicity in this movement. We get enough toxicity and cancer and systemic failure from the government that amongst us, that that cannot exist. That cannot. Are we going to bicker? Yes, people bicker. People fight. That's what people do. We're freaking people. We're humans. That's okay. What's not okay is attacking people personally over views that you have a different opinion on. And if people are attacking you personally because you hold a differing opinion, whether it be right or wrong, is irrelevant. Don't let others drag you down into an emotional mud that you shouldn't be in anyway and that isn't healthy for your mental atmosphere and your mental well-being 
And and that's all I really have to say. I would Eskimo shot all the information. I was like, let's just talk about that the whole time. Right before we got on, I said, you know what? I, I've gotten so much feedback from yesterday. I think it's important to highlight how we are the power. That's what Spike says. You are the power. That doesn't just include your activity with the government. That's our own power over our own mental climate and our own um, cognitive atmosphere. These things are very important because if we're going to move this thing forward even further than what it's already been, then our mental health and our cognitive strength has to be top notch. And it cannot be if we allow people for whatever reason, I'm not going to try to assume whatever reason people are doing things. I'm saying I am my own power and I'm personally going to work every day to be much better at controlling my emotional responses and responses in general, especially when I'm representing a movement that's as important as this and you guys are important and this thing is important. So I hope, I hope that helps. Um, it helped me. Yeah. I think it's important that we do, I don't know, share our side of the things when, I don't know, there's just so many things that it's easy to get heated about, but being able to stay professional in the movement, um, no matter who you are, it really does speak volumes. And I think it adds more validity to your points. And knowing That's your right. boundaries is very important as well. That's a fantastic point. Knowing your boundaries. I've said this a bunch. Know thyself. It's one of my mottos. Know thyself. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Understand as you're getting into exchanges of any sort. Know what you're best at. Know what you're not best at. Stick with what you're good at. Stay away from what you're not as good at. Work on the thing. I'm going to work on the things that I'm the least good at. And I can kind of table the things that I'm the best at and just kind of revisit them and refresh them from time to time. Knowing yourself is absolutely paramount. Thank you, Janice. She says, thank you, Cajun. Well spoken. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of really good comments from Nullick's segment. It's just incredible to see the outpouring of support from y'all. And um, talking about Eskimo and what, how professional she is and the professionalism that you exude and the maturation that you put out there, there's somebody else that's also very mature and very professional and deserves our attention. It, oh, Jonathan Reels. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know where you're going with that, but yes, Jonathan Reels. He is not a Reels candidate yet, folks. But uh, yeah, he's running for, uh, is it Alabama's second district? That's correct. Uh, yes, Alabama's second district, which he lives in. Um, and he needs to reach $5,000. So if you guys can help him become a Reels candidate for the district in which he lives in, you can go to www.jonathan.cash. That is www.jonathan.cash. And even though he's a Reels boy, he needs to be a Reels candidate for U.S. Congress. That is correct. <laughs> Jonathan Reels does live. In real District 2 of Alabama, which he's running for because he lives there in that community of the 2nd District of Alabama, like an appropriate politician should do. 
live in the area that you want to represent. I could beat that dead horse, but that was your spot. That I, I would. Yeah. I okay. So going back to that situation, everything has been said that needs to be said. There's nothing else to hash out. Um, from now on, we'll be moving on to different stuff. Uh, the point has been made. And there's other things to be more concerned about, more Alaskan issues that I'll be talking about, memeing about, what have you. There's even national things I'll be memeing about, talking about. So uh, for anyone else that has been involved with this situation, let's just let it die off. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people have already been called racist. And that shouldn't happen because how is that racist? I'm just not supposed to do that here. That's my segment of my show. <laughs> What I can do here is this you should focus on. Yeah, muddy birds, media fans, looking at Cajun's beard instead of Mr. Bearded Truth. That's a real thing. It exists and it is fastly growing because everybody knows the truth, even at the time of 9:49 Central Time, Freedom Time. Jason, I have the best beard and I have the shirt. Young Patty one, you may know more about things than I do, but I am doing the thing and I'm going to catch you. What you won't catch is my beard. So has Spike told you that you're intelligent though? Twice? Uh, I don't think so. Because we've only talked once, so that's not even logistically possible. I mean, Except talk, with Mr. Yeah, Bearded Truth, Spike's commented twice saying that he, you know, he's intelligent. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Spike thinks I'm intelligent. He's look, Jason does know a lot more information than me. That is a fact <laughs> that I will not deny. He hides it all in his beard. The definite. Let me explain something. As oh, <laughs> let me explain something to everybody too. Uh, this was an instance that was brought up yesterday which was clear cognitive dissonance and ignorance in regards to the definition of intelligence. Intelligence is your capacity to learn new information. Some people have a higher capacity for that to learn and retain new information. Some people have a higher capacity to that than others. That makes them more intelligent. That doesn't make them more smart. And, and being smart isn't really a thing either, but your capacity, your ability to retain a certain amount that's your cap. That's what your intelligence is. You can only learn this much information, right? And so if you're intelligent, which most people are, we just don't like to give them credit because it's popular to slash people's intelligence, even though that's not really kind of a thing because most people have a high capacity to learn, especially if they're learning something that they really love. So they're probably intelligent and they have a capacity to learn. Depends on what they're learning. But anyway, yes, Jason has more knowledge than me at this current moment in time in history. That's a fact. And you're welcome, Jason. But my beard is better. And I'm coming, <laughs> I'm, I'm hot on your tails, bro. I'm hot on your trails. I'm learning every day. So Mainly speaking of. From Eskimo's notes, because I don't take any. So I just read hers and learn all this crap. Thank you. <laughs> So speaking of Mr. Bearded Truth, we should plug in the other shows that are in Muddied Waters. Um, he is on Mondays. Uh, actually, this next Monday, it's going to be Mr. Bearded Truth and Matt Wright together this upcoming Monday. Muddied Waters. Of... Wait, what? 
Yeah, Mr. Bearded Truth, him and Matt Wright are gonna do a oh, show yeah, on Matt's Monday. Matt's going on a show. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. Sorry. I thought you were talking about Tuesday and you said Monday. It threw me off. I was looking for a graphic. No. <laughs> so yeah, so that's gonna be Monday. On Tuesday, it'll be Muddied Waters of Freedom with uh Matt Wright and Spike Cohen. And then Wednesday is gonna be uh, my fellow Americans with Spike Cohen, and Thursday is going to be the writer's block with Matt Wright, and then we will be right back here with uh, Cajun Eskimo Show Bye, you on Friday. Yeah. yeah. We do have one more sponsor. We do? Do you know who that sponsor is? No, because it's not in the notes. That's awesome. Tom for 52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. T-O-M-F-O-R. 52.com. That's Tom for 52.com. There's no quit and quitter. Thomas Daniel Quitter for Senate. T-O-M-F-O-R-52.com. And he also has a meme contest coming up. If you didn't know, Thomas Quitter is a very outspoken and massive advocate for the disability. Maybe the worst advocate for the disability community ever. His claims, not mine, but he is an advocate. So please vote and donate. See the donate button? Up? I made this graphic, actually. See all the Tom 52coms all over there? I made that. That's not what his website looks like. But if you go to Tom 52com you can actually see what his web lo- website looks like at Tom for 52com That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. I put it in the notes so that I know for next time. <laughs> <laughs> I would have forgot, too, if I had to scroll through and just accidentally caught the freaking graphic Oh my. Yeah, that happened. So <laughs> let me see. We got some other band. Oh, we got one more thing to talk about. Goat yoga. And we're done with that. All right. Anything else? <laughs> uh no, I'm good. Cajun Pretty chill right now. I gotta get ready. We're gonna go fishing and hunting this weekend at least checking out a possible hunting spot. So it's a busy time of year, folks. Um, it's That's why I'm not putting out nearly as much content as I normally do. So not nearly as many memes or as much information in my podcasts. It's a really busy time of year for Alaska. So um, once things kind of die off and we're much more prepared for winter, which winter is coming, uh, then I will be providing a lot more content. So, yeah. You put in a lot of work. No worries. <laughs> Thanks. Have, a, have an episode or two where you don't do any work and just have fun. That would give me so much anxiety. <laughs> That's all I ever do. I just don't do any work. I just have fun. And it's so freeing. I'm just kidding. You all. Look, like, okay, I will say this. Tonight, I had zero notes. That's the actual first time I've ever come on this broadcast and had no notes at all. None whatsoever. First time ever. We like to pick and joke and have fun. It's like the stick that I don't do any work or any notes. Um, I don't put them on the Google Drive that Nelk and I share because I love the way the Google Drive looks so that I can see where the segments are and the format and I can see the content that Eskimo puts out. I don't really know how to use it and I like as far as me putting in my section of notes, but it's just kind of my thing now. Plus I do, I like the way my notes read better on my huge a phone in the way that I can format them myself. So I do have notes. I do, but I do. Joke I do. <laughs> Everybody I do knows 
that the Cajun libertarian has the best notes of all the notes. Okay. Just look at his notes. He has the best notes. Everybody knows that. All right. Chubby cheeks it is. I got to come up with some more content for my Trump impersonation because I wasn't expecting to have to do that. You really don't. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was, that was the best burger I ever had. That was good. I don't know. You got some really good ones. That was pretty good, though. Plug other Muddy Waters media show, Thomas. Oh, you're zing. literally working on it as we were talking about. Zing. Did he yeah. just ruin it with the zing? What? Like a, like a tiny... Brent DeRitter likes my zing. That's for you, Brent. That's for you, man. (laughs) All right. Well, let's wrap things up and uh, now let's get ready for the weekend. I am excited for the weekend. It has been a long week. Next week is even worse. So we love y'all very much. We love being here. Thank you for tuning in to our eighth episode of the Cajun and Eskimo show. Advocating for a freer world. From bayous to igloos.